every year as Epiphany draws closer, I decide I'm not going to talk about the story of the wise men. I'm just not. And every year, I find myself coming back to it, especially in years like this one where Epiphany, January 6th, is this day. It is Epiphany. I guess that when you come right down to it, I'm rather fascinated by this story about people who left their homes in a faraway country to go in search of a newborn king. And I'm not the only one. Many have read and reinterpreted this interesting and odd tale. Um, and I'm gonna date myself here, okay? I think of Henry Van Dyke's short story, The Other Wise Man, and O. Henry's Gift of the Magi. The beauty and music of Mamal and the night visitors never fails to bring me to tears, and I will never forget the chills that I had when many, many years ago, I first read the story of three strangers who came together and discovered a common quest, which begins Lou Wallace's book, Ben-Hur. Anybody else read that before? You remember that? Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, Yet the second chapter of Matthew is a curious story about a curious journey. In a, in a way, it's easier to understand the visit of the shepherds that we tell on Christmas Eve. The shepherds, after all, were Jews, and like every other Jew, they lived in expectation of a king to come, a savior, a messiah. They were also poor, like Jesus himself. But these travelers, these travelers are different. Scholars tell us that the Greek term magi, the name that Matthew gives to these travelers, most likely refers not to wise men or to kings, but to Zoroastrian priests. Zoroastrianism began in Persia, think Iran. It is one of the oldest religions in the world and it is still practiced today in Iran and India and yes, in this country as well. Zoroastrian priests were scholars who studied the movement of the stars, and like the Jews, they too anticipated the coming, the birth of a savior. Matthew tells us that these foreigners, however, came looking for a child born king of the Jews. I can't help but wonder what prompted them to make such a journey. What was it about that particular star that moved them enough to cause them to leave their homes? What did they hope for, long for, hunger for? Which leads me to ask myself and you, as we begin this new year, what are our hopes and dreams? What longings do we carry in our hearts? It's the time of year when we talk about uh, New Year's resolutions, but in his book, The Living Nativity, Reverend Larry Peacock suggests a different approach. He suggests that instead of focusing on a goal we want to accomplish, that we ask ourselves, what is my strongest desire this year? If you think of something, find a place in your bulletin and write it down. Whatever comes to your mind, it might be something that you want to ponder later. Now, maybe the Magi's desire was to take a vacation and see more of the world. But I think that in that star, they saw the possibility that long-held hopes were about to be fulfilled 
and that a child had been born who would bring about salvation, not just for the Jews, but for the whole world. If that was so, it seems that their strongest desire was to see this newborn Savior with their own eyes. I also wonder about the relationship that these men shared with each other. Were they old friends? Were they student and teacher? Were they rivals in the Persian court? Were they strangers who came together for a common purpose? Did they travel alone or with an entourage of servants as we often see on Christmas cards, camels and people carrying baggage? What did they talk about along the way? These questions are impossible to answer, of course, but they prompt me to encourage you to think about the persons with whom you will travel this year. What relationships do you want to deepen? Is there someone whom you'd like to get to know better or with whom you need to make amends? Who will support you on your journey this year? Who might give you guidance or mentor you along the way? Or to turn that around, to whom might you give support? Who might you mentor in this coming year? Let me offer you an opportunity to do just that. Our children and youth need teachers and mentors to help them grow in their faith journey. We have paid nursery caregivers, of course, and I believe we were supposed to introduce one today. You want to go down and get her, Ellie, and we'll bring her up. Um, we have a new, a new uh, employee, and we want you to meet her, and I for totally forgot about that, so Ellie's going to go get her. Um, we have paid nursery caregivers, but our Sunday school class is taught by volunteers. You may have noticed Mark heading out. I invite you to consider how you might make a difference in our children's life by volunteering perhaps once a month to work with them in a Sunday school, preferably in partnership with another person. Likewise, while we are grateful for the talents of Eric Iki, our youth director, our young people would benefit from the friendship and guidance from other adults. Talk to Eric. Talk to our new education chair, Carolyn Elder. Talk to me if you feel moved to help. You just might be the guiding light that a child or youth needs. There are many other things that I would love to know about the Magi. What did they think when the star settled over Bethlehem and the end of their quest was literally in sight? What went through their minds as they knelt before Jesus? Let me pause here and introduce, let Ellie introduce Sarah Johnson, I'll give you a microphone, Ellie. This was supposed to happen during the children's time, but it didn't, so we'll do it now. All right, so uh, I'd like to introduce everyone to our new nursery caregiver, Sarah Johnson. Um, she went to high school with me, we graduated the same class, and she's got a four-year-old daughter, yeah. Paisley, super cute, and um, she's got a lot of experience with her prior church, um, which, Cong uh, congregational Church of the Messiah, and uh, she's got experience with nursery and children and youth Sunday school, I understand, so very qualified. We're very excited to have her here, so please welcome her.
Thank you, Sarah. We're really glad to have you on board. We're really glad to have you working with Paul. So thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Of course. It's good. It's good. Yeah. There. Again, one of our paid nursery caregivers, but there are other children who need your help. Let me go back to the Magi and ask those questions again. I wonder what they thought when they saw the star settle over Bethlehem and the end of their quest was literally in sight. What went through their minds as they knelt before Jesus? Were they surprised by his humble parents and less than royal accommodations? Perhaps. But somehow they knew, they knew that this child was the one whom they sought. The word epiphany means manifestation or revelation, and it seems that by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit revealed to the Magi that this ordinary child born to ordinary parents was indeed the Savior. We will never know exactly what these men thought, but we are told that they were overwhelmed with joy, that they worshiped the child, and that they gave him gifts fit for a king. Out of all the questions in my mind, however, this one is foremost. What happened to the Magi after they returned home? The gospel tells us that they were warmed in a dream, presumably by an angel, not to go back to Herod, and that they went home by another road, and then they disappear from our sight, from our knowledge. So what happened when they got home? How did this journey affect the rest of their lives? Did they just go back to their old stargazing routines except for those moments when they told their story to incredulous friends and told them all the pictures on their iPhones? Or did the epiphany that they experienced reshape their whole future? colleague and friend of mine recently posted a mime or image on Facebook that really intrigued me. It showed a woman with arms outstretched and above her were the words, what am I going to do with all this future? Now, my friend posted this because she's about, she has started a three-month renewal leave, but I think it's a great question for us at the beginning of a new year. Christmas is past, and after today, we will begin the season after Epiphany, or ordinary time. 2019 lies before us. What are we going to do with all this future? It's an exciting question. It's an intriguing question. It's one I hope that you will struggle a little to answer. Now, Perhaps you already have something in mind for the year ahead, a long-awaited vacation, a house remodeling project, or a transition in your family, such as a wedding or retirement. And maybe you're just waiting to see what unfolds. Either way, the future is open before us, full of possibilities, potential, and perhaps a few pitfalls. It's exciting and maybe a little intimidating too. So as you ponder that big question, let me ask you one other. 
Will your experience of Advent and Christmas make a difference in your life in the year ahead? Will the revelation, the epiphany of Emmanuel, God with us, affect the way that we approach the future, both as individuals and as the church? I hope and pray that it will. I hope and pray that we just don't take down all the decorations like we'll start today at home and at church and put them away and finish up all the thank you notes or throwing away all the wrapping paper or whatever and then say, okay, that's done. It's finished for another year. I pray that we will be strengthened instead in our daily lives by the truth of God's love for us, a love so great that God chose to become one of us. I hope that each one of us will make a decision to join the Magi in studying not the stars, but the scriptures, preparing our minds and hearts to receive our own epiphanies, and that each of us will recognize that we too have gifts to offer the Christ child. And I pray that even in the midst of our everyday lives, we will stay alert, watching for signs, stars of hope that come before us. I also pray that our church will embody God's love as we welcome people into our congregation and support each other along the way. And I pray that we will embody that love by working together to build up our community and that we will continue to bring help and hope to those in need. In other words, I hope and pray that all of us will learn from the journey of the Magi and dare to follow the star child Jesus out of our comfort zones, trusting that the Spirit will guide us even if we find ourselves changing directions and traveling on another road and striving striving with all of our hearts to live into the future that God is giving us. It's not easy to do that, of course, which is why I'm grateful that we journey into this new year with each other and with God. For the God who came to us in Jesus has not gone home like the Magi, but is still with us and even now is walking with us into this year. We can trust that ultimately our future, the future of the world, is in God's good and gracious hands. So what are we going to do with all this future? Whatever our answer is, may God guide and bless us and companion us along the way. Amen.